This is episode 31. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Hello and welcome to this episode of the All Hazards Podcast. Today, we're going to, again, take a slightly different approach to the typical podcast format. This time, it's the guest in his own words, little or no host today. So, we'll take a trip up to South Lake Tahoe, beautiful, a little cooler than it is down here in Sacramento. We're going to talk to Tim Alameda. He is chief of the Lake Valley Fire District. He's going to reflect on the 10-year anniversary of the devastating Angora fire. Of course, that started burning on June 24th, 2007. Hard to believe it's been 10 years. We lost uh, over 250 homes. We didn't lose a soul. This past Saturday on the anniversary day, his fire district held a ceremony commemorating the day that changed everything for that community and for California. You know, we used to talk 20 years ago about extreme fire behavior. You don't hear that much anymore in the fire ground. It used to be extreme, it's normal now. So let's get right to it. Here's Chief Tim Alameda on the Angora fire in his own words. That fire occurred about uh, 1.30 in the afternoon. Real strong winds. Illegal campfire up in the Seneca Pond area in, uh, in Lake Valley Fire District. And within a few minutes of the uh, first in arriving crews, folks from the Forest Service, TMU, um, and also from Lake Valley, uh, they knew right away that this wasn't going to be an easy fire. Uh, it went to a, a significant event. We lost uh, over 250 homes. We didn't lose a soul. Uh, it lasted for several days and it took some aggressive firefighting from both Cal Fire, um, the AEU unit, Amador, El Dorado, um, from Tahoe Management, from the Forest Service, and from Lake Valley, City of South Lake Tahoe, North Tahoe. All the units around the lake were on this fire. It was a significant event for us. Uh, we had seen fires like this in other parts of the, of the United Western United States. This was our first real disastrous fire. Um, you talked to the, we just had a field general's uh, staff ride just the other day, and you talked to the first end guys, the first end company officers, uh, the chief officers. Some of those company officers are now fire chiefs, and they were saying that uh, at one point they were doing everything they could just to stay out of the way of the fire and try to evacuate people. One of, the, one of the things we saw in the fire behavior that we discussed the other day was that the embers, the down, downwind embers, every time they hit, it was a fire. And one of our, our engine 42 captains for the TMU, the Tall Management Unit, one of our Forest Service engines, um, he was downstream of this thing. He tried to do some structure protection. By the time they got out of their, uh, out of their apparatus and started to, to draw hose on it, the house was on fire. And he said it was 45 seconds. It went that fast. Um, our operations chief, uh, Dave Heckice, who was a captain with Tahoe Douglas on the Nevada side at the time, now he works for Lake Valley operations chief. He was up on the ridge, on Angora Ridge, had a house up there. Uh, of course, then it was wood shakes, uh, trees all around it, pine needles all through it, brush up against it, firewood up against it. And at that time, he said, this is a loser. And he redeployed and saved the neighborhood and let that house go. Um, that was a, and we went up there the other day on the field journals and we stood there with a bunch of young guys in the fire service and said this was a difficult decision to make, but it was the fire behavior that 
really made, made him have to make that decision. Fire behavior was amazing that day. And, and now, you know, we used to talk 20 years ago about extreme fire behavior. You don't hear that much anymore in the fire ground. It, from, from all the way north to down south, folks are getting used to what is normal. It used to be extreme, it's normal now. And I think our firefighters have to be aware of that. We talked about that this morning at one of our staff meetings with all of our all hands on deck this morning. And you're talking to guys that have been firefighters for 20 and 30 years, and they're talking to young guys in the business now and talking about fire behavior, what to expect, depending on where in your, either in the western slope of the Sierras or on the eastern slope. Either you're down in Nevada, you're out in Fresno, you're in the LA area, you're up north. Fuels, weather, and, and, and fire behavior, you gotta know it. Topography, you gotta know it. So that's, that's kind of what we're dealing with as we're going into the summer months. Up next, Chief Alameda talks about the mindset of those who live in and visit the Lake Tahoe area. I think folks always knew they were in a forested area and, and were concerned about forest fires, obviously. But this fire changed the game. He also talks about the results of the fire once the flames were out and the smoke had cleared. What we're about um, this uh, Saturday is resiliency to rebuild and to learn, lessons learned always. And as a result of this fire, our, our fuel management, forest management practices are completely different. Since that fire, we put close to $400, $400 million into forest fuels work in the area. It's been a big difference for us. To be in building in the urban interface, you know, in the state of California, we have chapter seven uh, and table 7A about uh, the products we're using in construction, big deal. Uh, the California Resource Code 4291 and implementing that statewide that we can do defensible space. Uh, something as simple as chipping where the residents will have a pile of, uh, of you know, clippings and so on and so forth and we'll have our chippers come over and be able to chip that product up and then uh, either broadcast it or move it off the lot. Uh, that's a big difference also. So those type of things in, in fire prevention and forest fuels management have been significant, not just in the basin, but up and down the lake. Folks are looking at fires differently now. And the whole idea is to protect the structures from the forest, protect the forest from the structures. I think folks always knew they were in a forested area and, and were concerned about forest fires, obviously. But this fire changed the game for a lot of folks. You know, we had our firefighters lost their homes when, during the firefight. And folks that work for the city and work for the county, uh, work for the public utility district, we're out there trying to help to, to control this fire and during that time lost homes. So that, that brought it very personal to everybody. Our, our incident commander, Kit Bailey, with the Forest Service here, and we'd talked about, he, he'd been at, he'd said he'd been at larger fires and been in places where folks had lost their homes, but never in a personal way. And other fire cities and other fire jurisdictions without, throughout the state, they get it because they've had the same situation. California has a recognized world-class mutual aid system where we can not only send our crews to neighboring states, but to other countries, even halfway around the globe. But what happens when the disaster hits your own town? Having a large fire in your community is a surreal event. You, I think it's, uh, the first thing is you just don't believe it's happening. Chief Alameda remembers how their firefighters were losing their own homes and sacrificing them to save others. Also. What does it take to get past the mental hurdles and beat the blaze? Throughout the state, we have our, our mutual aid system. Uh, you know, automatic aid, mutual aid. And here in Lake Tahoe, we have the Lake Tahoe Regional Fire Chiefs agreements. We have agreements with Cal Fire, the AAU, and the NEU, and with TMU. Um, this morning in our staff, we talked about 
um, what it takes to take our Brush 7 and then put it on the road to assist the rest of the state and, and Nevada too, Northern Nevada, in uh, mutual aid requests. But again, at the Angora, it was different. We were fighting that fire at home, um, losing homes, and we know up and down the state we've seen different agencies fighting fire at home, losing schools, businesses, homes, and um, you know when it happens to your community it's different and, and you feel it. Our old retired fire chief Jeff Michael uh, can't talk about the Angora fire without getting emotional and breaking down. He says I'm sorry boys that's as far as I can go. Having a large fire in your community is a surreal event. You, I think it's uh, the first thing is you just don't believe it's happening. It just There's no way we can have something like this. And then uh, every firefighter up and down the state, and then they do that for a few 10 seconds, and then they get to work and you go back to the basics, always the basics. Um, you know, it's company officers making good decisions, it's engineers getting water on the fire, it's firefighters, point of attack, working hard. It's uh, all the chief officers you know, making the right uh, moves to get the incident command system moving, get that incident command post set up, get staging going, make the call outs, single ordering dispatch, all those things, the basics. When we don't do the basics, things fall apart right away. Training is, of course, a necessity in the firefighting business. Interesting, now when you do the basic drills, drill ground, with that young firefighter who's been with a senior fire on the fire ground, they train different they know it means something. The Angora fire actually had a positive impact on the ability of the Lake Valley Fire District and really all of the other mutual aid agencies to pass down those lessons learned on the fire lines. The wisdom. Gotta do it. That's what staff rides are all about. You wanna get, you know, I tease and I have a, a couple of our firefighters, I'll, I'll say senior hosemen. And at the, at the Emerald Fire we had this year, this fall, we had uh, Dusty La Chapelle, senior firefighter, good hand, and we had Chris Hang, young apprentice and Dusty had him on the nozzle up close and personal and uh, that's the lessons learned that's what all the training is for interesting now when you do the basic drills drill ground with that young firefighter who's been with a senior fire on the fire ground they train different they know it means something you've got the young guys listening to um, the recording of, of Chief Bailey talking to dispatch talking to Camino about when the fire first starts. And he's basically making the orders and giving a good size up of what he sees. And then he's on the road. And he was code three from, code, from Cave Rock all the way into here to get into that firefight. For us, the importance of the anniversary is resiliency. It's, it's, to, it's to, to take a minute, take a breath and say, we've, you know, we rebuilt. Um, we've also taken stock of how we make the forest healthy. Uh, with our defensible space work, with uh, we've had Stimpelma grants and Prop 1 grants. Um, we've had a lot of monies that we were able to access and, you know, do some chipping and some de-space work and clean up the forest. That's been a big, big part of it. We had a wood roof grant that we were able to replace wood roofs uh, throughout the community and assist with that. So all of that has been a lot of, a lot of heavy lifting with uh, the TRPA and uh, the Conservancy and the different groups, all the acronyms, all the fire agencies, anybody who wanted to get in and work, we put them to work. An ounce of prevention. We're saving money and we're, we're saving people's homes. Yeah, hard to believe it's been 10 years. So much has changed and those changes really started almost immediately. If you want to learn more about the Angora Fire, just visit our podcast page at oesnews.com and click on this podcast episode. We'll have the links for you there to explore. 
And remember that All Hazards comes out every other Tuesday, usually. And we'd love for you to subscribe. You can do that at the iTunes Store or Google Play. You can also listen by going to oesnews.com and clicking on Podcasts near the top of the page. Of course, we'd love to get your feedback, so just join the conversation on any of the podcast episode pages, or you can send us an email if that's easier for you. Send it to questions at caloes.ca.gov. Questions at caloes.ca.gov. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you taking the time to download, stream, and listen to it however it is and wherever it is that you do it. I'm Sean Boyd, your host for today. Take care, folks, and be safe out there. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout-out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.